0: Sealing God's People with your host Dennis Beard. Tune in to the podcast. We have our own uh, app there. Download it. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, There at the Sealing God's People. Also the website SealingGodsPeople.org. I want to talk to you today about grace. Now there's a doctrine that's going through the Christian world that total faith has nothing to do with any kind of works whatsoever but yet James says that faith without works is dead being alone so let's take a look at it today when we find in Romans 5 by one man's disobedience sin came the world and death by sin therefore by one man shall my servant make many righteous as the offenses of one so also the free gift is of one We go on and find, as sin reigned unto death, so grace reigns through righteousness. Now, grace reigns through righteousness. Well, sin reigned by death. In other words, if you sin, the wages of sin is death. Grace reigns through righteousness. It's only through righteousness that we have grace. Then, that's in Romans 5. Then in Romans 6, Paul goes on and elaborates what that means. He states there that whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. Now this is for the Christian born again that has the Holy Ghost, but does not obey it. In other words, be still carnally minded. Now, the mind has to be changed to the mind of Christ. And we can only do that through the Word of God. So we have to ask and be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and shall be opened to you. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. It's not a one-time deal, and that's over. It requires a diligent search. The Scriptures... For in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, Jesus said, from Genesis to Revelation. In the volume of the book it's written of me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body Thou hast prepared me. Me is God Almighty, the Father of glory. God manifest in the flesh, that servant being the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Now with that said, then what is grace? Grace is the effectual working of the Holy Ghost upon the heart and its outward reflection in life. But it says we are to grow in grace. Well, if grace is just the unmerited favor of God and nothing we can do, then how does grace affect us? Well, grace is alive. Grace is an effectual working of the Holy Ghost. The key word there is yield. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey. Now we were the servants of sin. Now we are the servants of Christ. And we're not to let sin reign or have any dominion anymore in our bodies. Sin hath no more dominion over you. Death has no more dominion over you. But it does require obedience. And that's what Paul is stating in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield. Now to yield, if you're driving on a freeway and you go up into a merge lane and you yield, well, you do not go on with your own. You don't have the right-of-way. You're yielding to the other traffic, letting them pass first. You yield your will to that of another." Well, the Holy Ghost is an effectual working. The Holy Ghost is uh, that Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's God that worketh in you, Christ, that worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Well, how does grace then reign? It reigns through righteousness. So the key is, what is righteousness? Well, then we have to go to John 16. He said, when the Holy Ghost has come, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Then Jesus goes on and explains, of sin, because they believe not on me, Jesus said, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. But he said, of righteousness because I go to my father he goes on in John 16 and says before I have spoken to you in Proverbs but the time will come I will no more speak to you in Proverbs but I will show you shew you plainly of the father I'll show you plainly the father well at that point he said righteousness is I go to my Father, and he explains it. He said, I proceeded from the Father, and I came into the world. And I go back to my Father. If water is proceeding from a waterfall, the same water that proceeds down the water into the fall into the river below will be the same water that was on that waterfall that came into that river. It proceeded. Well, Jesus proceeded from the Father. What is that? The Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. How did it proceed? And God said, let there be light. Well, there's three that bear record in heaven. The Father the administrative office of one spirit, the Word, which is the express, the expression office of that same spirit. It reveals the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. And then the Holy Ghost, which is the power office of that same spirit. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Not whom, in H-U-N, in a union, But the Greek word heis, H-E-I-S, which means one in the self, same spirit. So the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost are one in the self, same spirit. Now, there's three that bear record in the earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Now, the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning With God, that word proceeded from the Father, which is the same spirit. The word, the Father, the Holy Ghost is one and the self same spirit. It just denotes what office or function of that spirit that He is doing in the function of it. The administrative office of the spirit is the Father. The Father is the creator of all things. The word is the expression office of that same spirit. It shows his thought, plan, purpose, and will, the same spirit of God. And the Holy Ghost being the same spirit is the power office. And we find that in Ephesians 4. There's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, the Father of us all and in us all. Well, who is that Father? It's Christ. Well, who is Christ? It's the Son of the living God. And in his glorification, he sent forth his Spirit. In Galatians 4, 6, he sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, one in the self, same Spirit. For he that acknowledges Son hath a Father also, because it's one in the self, same Spirit. But how does grace work? Well, grace now... Is brought to us by one man. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. But by one man's obedience, so shall my servant make many righteous. How? Grace. Grace reigns through righteousness. Well, then, righteousness in John 16, Jesus tells us, he's not speaking anymore in Proverbs. Show the plainly the Father. And he said, it proceeded from the Father, explaining righteousness. Proceeded from the Father, came into the world. That same spirit, the Father, word, one and the same. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. We're the same. Same spirit. The Son of God is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. The Father is the invisible spirit. The Son is the Father revealed. So the Son of God has two components. He's the Spirit of God without measure. Manifest in a body of flesh and blood. God manifests in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 Now how is grace imputed to us? Well, simply, it's a free gift of God. By faith. We're saved by grace. That is through faith. Well, faith. The doctrine says, well, not of works. There's nothing you can do. You're predestined to be saved. That's it. There's no works. There's nothing you can do. It doesn't require any obedience. You're just saved. You just confess the Lord Jesus Christ in, uh, with your mouth and uh, uh, with an intellectual consent and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. Well, that's not so. Because when we find, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, the confession is not just speaking it. A confession is a deep intent of the heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, not just Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the Lord is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And there's only one Lord. And that Lord is the Lord Jehovah, the Yahweh. He is the Elohim. And we must confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. We believe that he is God. He is the Father of glory. And believe in thine heart. That believe there's "spasteo." It's a Greek word meaning it is stated. Not transitory. It's stated. It's a state of being. And believe in thine heart. The heart's in the spirit. And we know that because Romans 2.28 says, Romans 2.28 and verse 29 says, He is not a Jew that is one inwardly. In that circum- He's not a Jew that is one outwardly, I'm sorry. He's not a Jew that is one outwardly in that circumcision in the flesh. But he is a Jew that is one inwardly. That circumcision of the heart. Where? In the spirit. That's a small s whose praise is not of man, but of God. Well, the heart has to be circumcised. That is the spirit of the human being, and the believer has to be circumcised. And that circumcision is putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism. We find that in Romans 6, 1 through 4. We find that in Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. So how does grace work? It rains through something. It rains and that is in, in your total spirit, soul, and body reigns through righteousness. Well, how does, how does a person, how do we obtain righteousness? How is it imputed righteousness? Well, it's by faith. But the faith of that works is dead, being alone. James says, can faith alone save you? If you see a person that is hungry and naked, and you say, be thy clothing fed. James said, you spoke faith well. But because faith was not made perfect, there through obedience, through works, where you clothed him and fed him, faith being alone is dead. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So there's works that accompany salvation, which is essential. And that's the reason why. When Jesus talks about righteousness in John 16, he said, "Righteousness is I proceeded from the Father, I came into the world. His death, burial, and resurrection, then went back to the Father, not beside Him, not around Him, went back to the Father. We find that in Revelation 3:21. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne." Jesus said, "That's a place where I prepared for you. We're made, we're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus." But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame, Jesus said, and him set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, set in a position, but S-E-T, a stated, settled glory, forever settled, set, S-E-T. Even as I overcame, Jesus said, and am set down with my father in his throne, not beside it. In his throne, all power in heaven and in earth, giving unto him. That's righteousness. That God literally took upon himself the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. The exaltation is the right hand. He does not use a physical right hand, Kair, C-H-E-I-R. That would be a physical right hand where we see a man standing at the right hand of God, not in the throne with all power, but literally standing there at the right hand of God. That's a physical right hand being Kair, but it does not say that. It uses Dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S. Which is exaltation. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. The right hand. And given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow. Every every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is the Lord. Jehovah God Almighty. The Elohim. El Shaddai. To the glory of the Father. He went to the glory of the Father. He went back glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. So we take a look at John 2. Jesus stated the same in John 2, stating that destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. Jesus is telling them, I'm going to raise up my own body. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. Not a part of God, but God himself. And the Jews said, Forty and six years were in building this temple. And you're going to raise it up in three days? But Jesus spake of the temple of his body. He rose his own body, according to his word, just as he said, from the dead. Declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1, verse... 2 and 3 and 4. Declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. Well, righteousness is, he came into the world, proceeded from the Father, and his humiliation came into the world. The height and Christ, he is the Father. The depth of Christ, he humiliated himself and humbled himself and came in the world, laid aside his reputation, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, became one of us, our kinsman redeemer literally worked salvation, glorifying his own human back to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Died as a free will offering. Freely laid down his life. No man took it from him. He said, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. Who? Because he is that spirit. This I've received in my Father. Why? Because he is that spirit. It's one and the same with the Father. And there, death, burial, and then resurrection. And then he goes back to the Father, glorified with the Father's own self, all power in heaven and earth given unto him. That's righteousness. Now, how do we take that and have obtained that righteousness? Well, he that knew no sin became sin for us. That we, the body of Christ, might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's in him, by him, and through him alone that we obtain righteousness by faith. And it's through obedience. How do we know that? Because he says, in Romans 6, Paul talking, says, Whosoever therefore you yield your members, the members of your body, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, you have the Holy Ghost. You've got the power of God unto salvation. Greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. You have power to overcome all the power of the enemy, power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. But if we do not take on the mind of Christ, if we do not obey him, it's still, and gets that carnal mind into a spiritual mind, and it takes the renewing of your mind. We find that in in Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Not your works. You're sacrificing your will upon the altar of God. He that cometh to Jesus must believe that he is and reward of them that diligently seek him. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself your self-will. Deny it. Pick up your cross, crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust, and come and follow me. He says that and states it at the very beginning, so a man knows to count the cost before he ever decides to follow Christ. And then, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, how do you do that? Well, you've literally let your body, offered your body, free willingly upon the altar of God, according to Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, he's talking to the church, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. There's a transformation going on by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will for God, of God for you is. How do we know what the will of God is for us? Through the word of God and seeking Him to do His will. Not our will, but His will. How do we know that? For God worketh in each of us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It's not us doing it. It's the leading of the Holy Ghost. If we yield, yield means to literally not align our will with the will of the flesh. That's the reason we pray. Why do you pray? Well, with prayers and supplications. Make your prayers, your, your requests known unto God. Our prayer is adoration. We pray, God, you make the heavens and earth and all that there is. We adore you. We praise you. We glorify thy holy name. God, you are the God of all. You are the sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, God almighty. We worship you, praise you, glorify you. But then we make supplication. Supplication is, "Make your request known unto God. God, I need this. I need patience. I need whatever the case is. And uh, that's a supplication. Through these prayers and supplication, we make our, our request known unto God, and He hears us before we even pray, and his ears are open to the righteous cry, the what's the righteous? The righteous are the ones that are obeying God, not carnally minded. To be carnally minded is death. When Paul's talking to the church at Corinth, he said, are you still not yet carnal? Because there'd be divisions, hate, envy, malice. Are you still not yet carnal? To be carnally minded is death. Even though you have the Holy Ghost, you're not obeying it. And because you don't obey it, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So therefore, after you know the will of God, then you simply yield to that, not doing your own will. If you yield, it's not you doing it anymore. You're following a leading of someone leading you. It's not you anymore. It's not your will. It's not works of the law. Do this, do this, don't do that. By the, by the works of the law, no flesh will be saved. And that's what Paul talks about. Not of works lest any man should boast. It's a free gift of God. And that is the works of the law. That's the reason Paul said... I have have counted the, I've uh, uh, suffered the loss of all things. He suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I might win Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. There is a righteousness of the law. Paul said through the works of righteousness, which we have done, no. That's of the law. But now, not by watch of righteousness, which is of the law, mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith that we be found in him. Perfect. Nothing wanting. Clothed upon. Well, to stand there in that evil day. Therefore, whosoever you yield, your members as servants to obey. There's obedience. which well, not just faith and sloppy agape, any old way of go. I don't have to worry about what the will of God is for my life. I can do my own thing, and God's going to accept me. No, that's the reason you see in Matthew 5, 5 6, and 7, in the greatest message ever preached, called the Beatitudes. In Matthew 7, he says, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. He's already said in Matthew 5, Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. How is that? Doing the will of God. Whatever the will of God is for your life. Not everyone's called. There's different ministrations of the Spirit, but only one Spirit. Many different ministrations, but it's all God. Has dealt to every member the measure of faith. Whatever God's called you for, there is a measure of faith enabling you to do that. And you minister according to the ability that God giveth. To whom much is given, much is required. And there we find that grace is working through righteousness, which is obtained through obedience, as we see in Romans 6. Whosoever, therefore, you yield your members as servants to obey, him or the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. We can still go that way. We can still go the works of the flesh, and that's the reason we pray to line up our will with the will of God, rather than the will of the flesh. And that prayer is essential. And having the Holy Ghost, Jude twenty, build upon yourselves upon your most holy faith. Build you, yourselves, building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I'll pray with my understanding, and I'll pray in the Spirit. And you're building up your faith, your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because no man knows how he ought to pray. Therefore, the Holy Ghost itself, the Spirit itself, maketh intercession for us with groanings according to the will of God, which cannot be uttered. According to the will of God groanings which cannot be uttered. So therefore, our most holy faith is going to the will of God. Literally, here is the way. Walk you in it. Showing us the way to do the will of God, which he has purposed in and through you in the leading of the Holy Ghost. And it's not you anymore. It's the leading of the Holy Ghost. If you yield to that, and you become sensitive and learn the voice of God, by crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches do not block that, or that tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, and by and by, you're not offended, but you go on and obey God anyhow, then you're going to overcome. And you're going to be greatly rewarded. And you're going to be given a rod to reign with him in the nations. As of us, although potters shall be beaten, to sh- be beaten to shivers, and you'll reign and rule with Christ as kings and priests, and he'll give you the morning star. But it requires uh, grace that we obtain through, and it reigns through righteousness, which is through obedience. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him, are the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, we speak better things than that of you. Or of obedience unto righteousness. Well, we're made the righteousness of God in him. What? Through obedience, through the grace, the effectual working of the Holy Ghost upon our heart, and it's our reflection in the life. What? Through obedience. So don't let anyone tell you that we don't have to obey the leading of God because many in that day will try to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not realizing that straight is the gate, and there is the way that leadeth unto life, few there be that find it. But wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, Many there be that go in thereat. And Jesus will say at that time, Not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Now, these are the ones that know that He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. No man can call to Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. They know. These are the little children. That have known the Father. Jesus said, you don't know me, you don't know the Father. They know him. But yet, they didn't go on and do the will of God. They didn't come unto perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And to a perfect man. That, they didn't grow up into him in all things. and all things of faith. And because of that, Jesus said, not all of you that call me Lord, Lord. Even though you know I'm the Lord will be able to enter in because you did not do the will of God you didn't do the will of my father you didn't do it you're not only called there but you must be chosen and then faithful in that calling which requires obedience so therefore he comes over there and says many will begin to profess unto him in that day well Lord We've done many wonderful works in your name. Well, sure they did. They were little children. They knew that he was the father. They prophesied in his name. Wonderful. They even cast out devils in his name. Praise God. But Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. Not being led of the Spirit of God through Obedience. You didn't obey the leading of God. Therefore, depart from me, you that work iniquity, for I never knew you. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So are those that did not do, because you did not do the will of my Father. So grace, and we grow in grace through obedience. As we grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, until we come to the same image of Jesus, for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate, to being conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He has a preeminence in all things. And those that he foreknew, them he also did. Those that he predestinated, them he also called. So in his foreknowledge, he predestinated us. Your members being unperfect. I knew you and wrote you in my book. That's the foreknowledge of God. Not that you existed with God before. You were just in God's logos. You was in his plan and purpose and will before the foundation of the world. It's his foreknowledge. But according to the foreknowledge of God, those that he foreknew in his foreknowledge, because God knows all things. Does that knock out free will? Annul free will? Negate free will? No, of course not. But in his foreknowledge, God knows all things and not subject to time. He's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, knows all things. So he knows the decisions we're going to make before we do. Because he is God, sovereign in all things. Therefore, who can replace anything against God? There are vessels under honor and vessels under dishonor in every great house. And because God, with long-suffering, allowed these vessels that were made in destruction, they last there for a while, that all, regardless if there's a savor of death unto death or a savor of life unto life, all are God's. So therefore we give him glory, because he's the God of all, the righteous as well as the wicked. But if we purge ourselves from these dead works, through the conscious being perched from dead works to serve the living God, by baptism, the body of the sins of the flesh, destroyed by baptism, and then we obey through obedience unto righteousness, Then, then we have life, and we're made the righteousness of God in him, by him, and through him, not of works of the law, which we have done, but the righteousness of God by faith, And if we then can grow in grace, and simply, how? Through obedience, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, Jesus Christ. It requires obedience. Don't let anyone tell you that you can make heaven without doing the will of God for your particular life. Because he said, you depart from me that work iniquity, Iniquity is lawless. You didn't follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. And because you did not do that, because you did not do the will of God, that he says you will not be able to enter in. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the reason in Revelation, the second and third chapter, every church, Ephesus, the first thing he says, I know thy works. Smyrna, I know thy works. Pergamos, I know thy works. The very first thing Jesus says to every every one of the seven churches, I know thy works. He's looking for perfect works, which is righteousness through obedience, through the effectual working of grace, the Holy Ghost upon our heart. All we do is yield to it. Obey that. And when we do, we please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And through this obedience, we obtain that righteousness by grace through faith. And it is alive. It's effectual working. Grace is not dead. Grace is alive, and it's effectual moving and power of the Holy Ghost that he does upon us, upon our heart and our spirit. And as he says that, in Revelation two and Revelation three, it's a higher step. It's a higher step in glory. It's a higher place in glory, because we start out as babes in Christ, the newborn babes that desire, then sincere, muckle the word that we may grow thereby. But then we don't stop there. Then I write to you, little children, this is First John two twelve through fourteen, and then that we grow in grace, and it's through the obedience. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And he says it again. I write unto you, children, because you have known the Father. Jesus said, if you don't known me, John 8, 13 through 27. If you don't known me, you don't known the Father. And he says in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. Those are not full grown. Those are little children because they've known the Father. She said, you did not know me, you know the Father. He is the Father of glory manifest in the flesh. But then there's a higher, going higher in glory. And that is young men. That is Revelation, the second and third chapter. Young men? Mm-hmm. Yes, young men. That's a higher glory than newborn babes. You've grown. That's higher than little children. You've grown in grace. What, how does that happen? Through obedience. And then I'll write it to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Those are the overcomers in Revelation, the second and third chapter. And it starts out through obedience because every church that he announces, that he addresses, that the Son of God addresses, is Ephesus I know thy works, Smyrna I know thy works. Pergamos, I know thy works. Satire, I know thy works. Somebody says, well, that's not important. Yes, it is. It's very important. We go to uh, Sardis, I know thy works. Philadelphia, I know the works. I know thy works. Sardis, I know thy works. And I have not found them perfect. You haven't followed me in all things. Little, to Philadelphia, I know the works. Delia to see, I know their works. And everyone, he says over there, yeah, right, blessed are they that die in the Lord, yea, henceforth saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Their works? Yes. And we'll find there in Revelation 2, you'll see that he'll say, notice that he says, your works, there." You have kept the works until until the end. The works until the end? Not word, works. Why? Because obedience is that necessary. It's essential. The works. And the works is through, through the obedience and the leading, yielding to the leading of the Holy Ghost. If we're not doing it, the Holy Ghost is leading us. The Holy Ghost is guiding us. And the Holy Ghost, there is giving that word to us that we take on the mind of Christ that we may know what is that perfect and good will of God for us is where we can hear, well done. You have done that which was pleasing to the Lord through faith. And it's by grace through faith. Not a works lest any man should work, boast. It's not a works of the law. But it's the works that accompany salvation, unto righteousness, which is you have yielded your members as servants to obey, unto who obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness righteousness unto holiness. You'll find that in Romans six. So don't let anybody tell you that it's sloppy agape. You can lie, cheat, steal, do anything you want to do. You just believe in Jesus and everybody's going to heaven. That's not so. We are to be made the righteousness of God in Him. And it's through grace. By grace, through faith, are you saved. And it's not of works of the law, but it is through the righteousness of God by faith, which requires obedience. We yield to the Holy Ghost in obedience. And then... He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. More things to come. Great things. When God will do the great thing in the earth, those people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. The best is yet to come. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis. and Spirit saying, Behold the real deal.